Hey everyone and welcome to Ferencia's podcast. I am your host, Jade Ferencia, who is a life coach on empowering women to awaken the power within. If you'd like to stay in touch with me, please visit me on social media, Jade Ferencia on Instagram, and make sure you jump on the Facebook Ferencia's Soul Sisters group for a further discussion on the podcast topics and to meet like-minded women. So this week I was joined by the beautiful Cassie Mendoza-Jones and I was so excited to chat to her this week all about her latest book, It's All Good. Cassie is a best-selling author, kinesiologist, business alignment coach, naturopath, writer and speaker. So in this episode we talk all about trusting and surrendering to the bigger plan. I hope you enjoy this episode guys. So let's sit back, relax and surrender. Hey Cassie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat to you today all about your new book, which is called It's All Good, as I've loved reading it, and to chat more on how we can trust and surrender in our own journey. Yes. So Cassie, I love that the work that you're doing, I'm so grateful to have you on today. Would you like to chat a bit more about your own journey and how you've created a business by incorporating all the different aspects of the work that you currently do? Yes, sure. So I started my business in 2011 uh, as actually as a nutritionist and naturopath, but I knew even as I started that I was going to add kinesiology in. Uh, mm. So as soon as I could, like as soon as I had the time and space to study it, I, I studied it, I added it into my business. And for me, that was kind of this key moment where I could allow my business and my work to shift from the very health and body focused work to looking at, you know, the mental, emotional, spiritual and energetic side as well as the health but it became more of like life alignment work and then very organically I started to attract clients who are also running their own businesses who are maybe also naturopaths or healers or coaches of some sort or writers so my work started to then shift into business alignment coaching with still a little bit of naturopathy and herbal medicine on the side Mm. Uh, through all of that, I was always writing. So I've always loved writing and I would write, I created eBooks and e-courses and, um, and then I went to the Hay House Writers Workshop in Sydney in 2014 and I ended up winning a book deal with them, which is how I got my first book, You Are Enough, how I got the deal for that. And so then my work has become awesome. Now there's this writing and creativity on the side. And then I just launched, as is in my second book, um, It's All Good, came out this year. So that's in a nutshell. <laughs> so you've been pretty busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cassie, I love how you've incorporated all the energy work and the practical work as well. I think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you find that's really helped you on your journey and your clients on their journey? Yes, because I think if we... Like, let's say we only look at one size. Let's say we only do the practical work. Um, and like, we only think of like strategy and actions that we can take and things that we can do, or we only look at the energetic side and the spiritual side. I feel like we don't really create what we're working towards in a really grounded, balanced way. So to integrate them allows for us to do our best work in the world, shop as our best selves, because we have this balance, you know, it's the yin and yang, it's the action and the uh, not action, like the receiving and the slowing down. It's the strategy mm-hmm. and the alignment. So it, it absolutely has helped me. It's, it's how I build my business. It's how I build anything in my life. And it's then how I support my clients 
through whether or not they're business owners, but just in life, being able to receive as much as you give. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think it's so important to take them breaks and create that space for us because yeah. sometimes we can always be in the masculine, always wanting to do, do, do. Sometimes it's hard. And that's why I love the book so much. It's all good because you do talk a lot about trusting, surrendering, creating that space. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So Cassie, what inspired you to write It's All Good? So I went through a business in air quotes failure <laughs> a few mm-hmm. years ago that uh, I invested so much money and time and effort and energy and everything into this project. And it didn't take off the way I had expected it to, which is the key word of, you know, expectations. Mm. And through that experience and then what flowed after that for the next few years where I had to, well not, uh, probably for the next year, where I had to really call on the stories I was telling myself about success and failure, uh, where I had to really, really, you know, clear a lot of stuff, integrate all the lessons that I'd learned, recalibrate, up-level my mindset and my thoughts and my energy and really trust that where I was was right for me and that I was, even if my mind thought I was not doing the right thing or wasn't in the right place, I was really in the right place for me, um, Mm -hmm. which is often easier to see in hindsight, as we often know, but you you can see where you are now and you can value where you are now and accept it and allow yourself to feel happier and more content where you are now versus thinking, you need to be in the future or, you know, that, that idea of one day or future tripping. Yeah, so that, definitely. That whole experience, yeah, it's what really pulled me to, it was after that that I could see that this, there was a book that, that could come out of what I'd learned. Yeah, definitely. And I've been working with um, a few clients lately and even on my own journey, I feel that sometimes we always think like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be like or like comparing yourself to other people and I just think it's so important to trust that you are exactly where you're meant to be right now exactly and you can it it actually takes so much pressure off of you when you allow yourself to believe that and to embody that because all of a sudden you don't have to feel like you need to do more because you have done enough like of course you can take more action and you can always have goals that you're working towards and and moving towards but you also then have to trust that you are in the right place to create that now Mm, yeah definitely so is that why you called the book it's all good yes (laughs) and also because when I was going through this period of in the book I call it the great surrender I would sometimes really not trust that it was all good and I really felt like I was ruining things or I was failing or I was just things weren't going to get better and so I would say to my husband uh, we had this thing where I would say to him just tell me and he would say everything is going to be okay <laughs> so that was a bit too long for a title <laughs> it's all good so that and it's not in the book I say it's not like a it's not something that I say to try and sugarcoat the, the tough times or the challenging times it's not to push it down and to not acknowledge it it's to say that even if you're going through a challenging time, there'll be a lesson there for you. There'll be something that you can integrate. There'll be, it's a way for you to grow and expand. It's, you know, out of that, I say in the book, trust that out of chaos, your clarity will come. So I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So it is, that's where that it's all good came from so that you can trust that where you are right now is perfect and enough. Mm. Yeah. And it is hard in them times when you're going through failure and you're not like thinking you're getting anywhere. Exactly. Um, it's only when we look back, I think like as Steve Jobs says, then all the yeah. dots line up. Exactly. And I actually, I quote that in the book too. 
Because I loved that. I love that quote that he says. Yeah, you can't mm. connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Yeah, it's so true though. Like I know from my experience when I've had failures or things didn't go as expected and then I went like a different way, like with the sliding doors process. Yeah. Like, oh, that's why that happened. Because if I didn't take that action, I wouldn't have ended up here or wouldn't have ended up meeting that person. And it's funny how it all pans out. Yeah, it does. <laughs> In the end. Exactly. <laughs> so Cassie, why do you feel it was so right for you to touch upon the book about focusing on trusting and the surrendering process? So I think um, it's kind of what you said before that when we, when we aren't feeling like we're in the right place, I think what's so lovely is to surrender to where we are because if you're doing all the things that you can do to shift your energy and to not change the situation but like take action within it but things still aren't moving the way you would in your mind, like wish that they would or had planned it, that's when it's a really important, that's your call to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to let go of my attachment to a desired outcome. I'm going to let go of my planning or controlling or trying to force things. And it's, you're not saying it with a, with a sense of resentment and anger. Like you're not, you know, wiping your hands and saying, fine universe, what's next? Yeah. You're opening your hands, your palms up and you're saying, okay, universe, I'm ready for what's next. And you get to release all that pressure. You get to stop fighting. And when you stop fighting, you actually find that sense of flow again. Mm. So is there any tips or advice that you would share with us today on how to surrender? It's, it's an interesting question because in the book, when I got to the, like the whole book is essentially about surrendering and letting go and trusting. But then there was a specific chapter on surrender as well. And I was like, how am I going to tell people how to surrender? <laughs> in, within this chapter, I say, this book is about surrender, but I also can't tell you how to do it. Like, Mm. it's something that you have to embody and we each feel it differently we'll all have in the book I say we'll all have our own secret sauce for surrendering and it will be delicious and so you have to find the way that you let go and it could be something that you do in terms of it could be through journaling or going for walks through you know rainforest or um forest or ocean swims it could be through drawing or painting it could be through your, your mindset and your thoughts it could be just physical like you put your hands on your body and you take deep breaths and you just allow yourself to let go and I know for me that's probably one of the ways that I that I discovered how to surrender for myself was to actually stop overthinking and come back into my body because when I'm overthinking and I'm sure this is the same for so many people but when I'm overthinking I'm not surrendering because I'm trying to control and mm when I'm in my body fully and I'm not overthinking, I'm in a space of trust and allowing. And when we're in a space of allowing, things can come to us that we didn't expect or anticipate and they're beautiful and they're, it's all in our highest good, but we can actually acknowledge that opportunity and be grateful for that opportunity. And we also get to forget about the how. So when we're in our head, we're constantly navigating the how. How will this happen? How will this happen? How will this happen? When we're in our bodies, we're like, okay, this is what I'm working towards. This is how I want to feel as I work towards it. I can align to this outcome or something better. And then we let go of the how. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So Cassie, how do we know that um, enough's enough and that we need to surrender and trust the process and take a step back? I think it comes to a point where within yourself, you might think to yourself, you know, you know, when you have that thought of like, oh, something's just got to give, this is just, you get to that feeling of I'm, I'm 
something has to shift. Like I can't keep going on like this. That is usually that point where you have to say, okay, if I can't go on like this, I'm going to let, let it go. And that's how you, that's how you move on. And you'll know it's not serving you because you'll be constantly thinking about it. You'll feel like you're stuck. You'll feel like you're lacking momentum. You'll feel this really deep sense of contraction within your mm. body, um, within your mind, within your, what you're creating in your life. And that's when it's a call to, to stop trying to control and think of the how. And also trusting that before an expansion, there is often a contraction. So that contraction is actually pointing you towards, you could, you could be doing absolutely everything that you need to be doing and still feel the contraction because it just has to be there before an expansion. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so important as well during these times is to really touch in with our feelings and our bodies and see how certain situations or people are making us feel. Like yeah. if we're feeling quite drained or emotional or yeah, just feeling like we can't go on anymore. And then that story keeps looping and then emotions keep looping round and round. I think that's the time to look at it and see how we're going to change it up. Yes, exactly. And then also what you need to do. So it might be that, as you said, like there might be people that you love, but you just don't want to spend time around them while you're in a certain headspace or things you do or don't want to do within your life. And you have to then give yourself permission to do or not do those things as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And a lot with like relationships, sometimes people feel like they've got to take a step back from certain people. And I know you said this in the book too. And sometimes it it can be quite hard to do that. Yeah. And, And also it just sometimes happens without you you know, like there was a friendship that I um, experienced the, the like unraveling of a friendship throughout this time. And I didn't want it to unravel. I really valued that friendship, but it, there was nothing I could, like I did all the things that I could do and would usually do within a friendship to maintain it. And, but then it just unraveled. So that was, that was just part of it, it had to happen. Uh, and then there might be times when you consciously realize that there's a friendship that you want to step, pull back from. So it could be either way. Yeah. Yeah. And also what I want to touch upon is it's funny how as humans, we always want to control certain situations and c- control relationships. And that's why I love the book so much because it's really resonated with me at this point in my life with just trusting and not being so controlling everything because when you just trust in the universe the universe more or not provides yeah (laughs) and it gives you these little whispers and like little nudges and yeah it's funny like when you just look back how things all happen when they're supposed to without you controlling so much I think when you control life you take out the beauty of it and the beauty of the unknown Yeah, exactly. And also there's something to be said for, uh, this is something that I I mentioned in my, I went on book tour for It's All Good a few months ago. And Mm. one of the things that I said uh, was that with, with, when you're working towards something or uh, whatever's going on in your life, there are always elements of you, not always, but there might be an element where you're trying to control. And what is so much more powerful is to step back and not think about what you can do that's within your control, but think about what you can do that's within your power because there might be very little within your control, but everything is within your power because that's about you. So it's how you're showing up, how you're acting or reacting. The self-talk that you're you know, letting yourself hear or listen and that you can shift and change 
but you can't change what's out of your control. So it's that power versus control. Stay in your power versus staying in control. Yeah, that's so true because sometimes we can't control what's going on in the outside world, but we can control our mindset and how we're going to deal with that situation. Like, yeah, we can waste our energy on looking back and resenting it. But I loved, I think you also touched upon this in the book. It's just a waste of energy. Totally. (laughs) And I've never seen it like that before. I was like, oh, she is so right. Like I'm just wasting because sometimes we can get caught up for hours and hours on worrying about the past or a certain situation. But when you bring it back to the present, it's like, okay, I can't change it. Worrying's not going to help me. So how am I going to use that energy to propel forward? Exactly. That's it. You've said it. (laughs) (laughs) So Cassie, when you did your book tour, Mm. um, obviously that went amazing for you. You've been so busy. Yes. Was there a common theme that people were coming up to you, asking you or certain questions that they touched upon in the book? Um, Well... It's funny because so when I ran my book tour for You Are Enough, everyone had read the book because I did the tour like seven or eight months after the launch. But for It's All Good, I did the tour the week of the official publication date. Yeah. <laughs> so only a few people had read the book. Um, but so there weren't really common, I guess there were common questions or people, it's actually a few things that we've talked about. It's like the what, some things that would come up with people trying to work out um, how they could maybe change or change or improve things in relationships. But, but then it's kind of what we just said before, if you can only really work on what's within your power and you can't control the other person, whether it's a romantic partnership or work or whatever, or family. So there is that, that sense of you staying in your power and also the idea of, um, of releasing regrets over the past. So not looking back and saying, I could have, should have, would have done that, but rather mm-hmm. thinking everything that I went to, went through was purposeful because it led me to here and and understanding that you can't go back to to change things so instead of you know staying in that sense of regret rather use that information to propel you forwards yeah definitely and so many people fall into that um that constant mind chatter of i should have done this i should have done that (laughs) yeah yeah And and i think every time you do that you actually create more of an energy block for yourself because you're, you're creating more for yourself to manage and deal with and go over or under or, you know, move through. So, so it's allowing yourself to forgive yourself for the past, for whatever mistakes you think you made so that you can move forwards today. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I loved how also you mentioned that you've got to go through it. Um, yes. in the book, you described it as like a wave and that you just got to take a breath. And sometimes when you go under, you come up and you're rising and you can take like a breath of fresh air and feel amazing. Do you yes. just want to touch upon that a bit more in regards to your perspective of, of it? Yes. Um, so of surrendering, you mean? Yeah. 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 So I think it's, um, yes. Yeah, so in the book, as you said, I give this, this kind of analogy of taking a, a breath and diving under a wave. And, and you know, when you take a breath and you go under a wave, sometimes it's really cruisy and it's just like a very chilled wave in the ocean. And <laughs> you just come back up and everything's perfect. And as you know, as it was before, or sometimes it's a little bit rougher and the, the ocean, flo- you know, you can be quite close to the ocean floor and the ocean moves you forwards and backwards and the water's going everywhere and you come back up and you might not feel like you're in the same place as when you went under and things might look a little bit different, but you're still okay. And that's something that's so important with understanding the concept of surrendering. It's something that we embody. And also it's supporting 
helping us to move forward because we're not fighting anymore. And it is that idea of take a breath, go under, go through it, come back up, take another deep breath and just see where you are now and don't judge yourself for it, but allow yourself to be there now. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I love how you touch upon that we are okay. And then any point in our life, we are going to be okay. Yeah. I think that was such an important point that you made because sometimes in the moments we feel like everything is falling apart around us. Yeah. It's really good to touch base with how we are feeling that we're going to make it through this, these hard times. Yes. And also that, that old saying of this two shall pass, like even if it's really sticky and stuck and uncomfortable if you show up with your you know with your best self whatever that is in the moment and you do your best in the moment that's the best you can do and then trusting that this will pass anyway so you'll make it through but also it will pass without you having to force it to move through yeah i love that saying too (laughs) so in the book cassie you also teach people how to rise up from our failures, which I loved as we have all had knockbacks and setbacks in life. Yes. Um, in your own experience of failure or disappointment, when things didn't go as you expected, how are you able to remain so focused and trust that you're on the right path? So I always love to look for the lessons within the failure. And also I like to call failure I, now from writing the book. I usually say failure in air quotes because <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing where it's only a failure if you don't learn from it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you let it drag you down. Versus if you're like, okay, I'm going to see this as an experiment. I'm going to explore what this meant for me and my life. And I'm going to now take action with that understanding of how did this help me grow? What did this help me let go of? It just becomes another experience. And, we, and you get to stop labeling it as a failure. Mm. So that's what I do. I just try to look at, not even try, I look at what did I learn from this? And now knowing that, what will I do next? Yeah, I love how you say that because sometimes when we label it as a failure, we can get so bogged down with not feeling enough, not feeling worthy. But if we just don't see it as like a label, we can actually um, not be so scared or so nervous about putting ourselves out there because it's all lessons that we can take on board. So I love how you say it, like an experiment. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I now think of everything that I do, like specifically in my business, I think of everything as an experiment. Even if I launch a new product or whatever it is, I don't say within my mind, I might not say this out loud, but I'm like, this is just an experiment. I'm going to see how it goes because then you get to take all the pressure off yourself and you actually just get to witness how it happens, you know, what's happening versus trying to, control it Mm. so for the listeners who are going through um some disappointment in their lives or maybe like a business didn't turn out as they expected what um tips and advice would you give them today so i would say uh try to so within so i I created a workshop called uh, create flow when you feel stuck and it's actually a free workshop that people get when they order my book and in that workshop one of the things that I say is try to work out what is, well, not even work out, what is one thing that is allowing you to feel in flow and in alignment and to feel content and to feel happy and to feel grounded? What is that in your life right now? It could be the smallest thing. Like it could be the coffee shop that you go to every morning on your way into work or your, you know, if you work from home, you might go to the coffee shop and then come home, but it could be the tiniest thing. And to put energy into enjoying that more and more 
anymore. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to redirect your energy away from the thing that's in your mind causing you to feel in the air quotes stuck or like you're a failure or uh, whatever it is. And you get to reinvest your energy into where you already feel like you're in flow and in alignment. If you can't think of anything, it's a real call to deepen the way you look after yourself and care for yourself. So you might want to give yourself a day off where you don't do anything, not laundry, not a to-do list. You just you might even go out for every meal so you don't even have to cook. Um, mm. You might order in or you might get a massage, but maybe there's just some real deep nourishment and, you know, energetically clearing out of your four bodies so mental emotional spiritual and physical but that's what i would focus on focus on what is working focus on the action that you can take that will allow you to move forward focus on coming back into your body and not overthinking and things will start to look up and also focus on where you can bring some joy and lightness and play back back into your life so you might buy a coloring book or go to pottery or go see a kids movie in the middle of the day like do something that is purely for fun and that has nothing to do with an outcome that you're working towards yeah I love that and I love how you say bring some more joy and play back into it because I think primarily in life that's what it all comes back down to right yeah (laughs) Yeah. like have fun with it don't take life so seriously and yeah take a course that you like doing maybe painting pottery And another um, thing I'd like to point out is I think don't get so caught up in what the outcome is going to be. You're just having fun in the process, whether that's just painting or being creative. It doesn't matter at the end what you create. It's just being in that process of the here and now. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I'm going to start taking pottery classes as well. (laughs) Oh, it's the best. I mean, I haven't been for a few months now, but, and also I was a bit funny. I, when I, as soon as I went, I made one bowl for myself as a practice and everything I made, I gave friends for like pres- um, 30th and a wedding present. And my husband was like, can you make me something? <laughs> I have to go back and make him something because the first bowl I made wasn't fabulous. Like it was very cool, but like I didn't, I wouldn't have given it away. It was my test bowl. Mm. Um, and then I was like, I'm just going to make presents for everyone. And it felt so much fun. Like it was so much fun to make them. And now I have to make for me, but it's really, really fun. Yeah, I definitely want to try and get into it. I've been thinking it for a while. And then when I was reading your book, I was like, oh, that's what I was meant to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> book a repository class. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. It's fun. So, and I think as well, it's so important to create that space for ourselves because I know speaking from a lot of women, they feel so guilty about taking that time out. <laughs> I know, and you have to think, if you're feeling guilty for resting and restoring, mm. I think this, does the world need the burnt out, exhausted, ratty, irritable, you know, tired version of you? No. Does the world need the version of you that is rested and nourished and restored and connected to yourself and feeling intuitive and feeling expansive and feeling abundant and feeling in flow and feeling in alignment? Yes. And then you work out what's making me continuously feel tired. How can I work? around how can I manage that what is allowing me to feel abundant and expansive and how can I embody that more and that's how you can that can guide your days yeah and it makes so much sense um like if you fill up your own cup you don't expect anyone else to fill it up you just take full responsibility for that and then in doing so you're going to be more of a beneficial to others and help more people on their own journey exactly I just want to re um read a quote from your book Cassie because I absolutely love this paragraph (laughs) you say in the book 
When you are ready, you will rise again and most likely you'll be more aware, more sensitive to your own needs and kinder to yourself. Surrendering, letting go of expectations and making space to slow down and tap into a much more grounded feminine way of being and working right when I needed it most. So I love that, Cassie. How, so how important do you think it is for us to slow down and create that space for us? Oh, I think it's so important. And I know even like this week in my business, I was trying to work out like something that I was working on. There was a piece that just wasn't feeling right and wasn't clicking into place. And I, in, in the first part of the week, I kept trying to sit down and like make it fit. And I would mm. brainstorm and like try to get it to work. And then I just said, I'm just going to let it go. And I, and it will come to me when it needs to. And if it doesn't come to me, else will drop in. And I went for a walk and I just completely let go of trying to find the answer. And it was actually in doing that, that the answer came. And also hilariously, the answer wasn't about adding something more. The answer was about removing something and, mm. and taking something out of what I was working on. And that's how it clicked into place. So again, it's like space and then space. And I know that the, so often the ideas come to us. Those amazing ideas, that guidance, that inspiration, those intuitive hits, they drop in, in those spaces in between. So there'll be times where I, I feel like uh, I'm trying to work on something and I'll go and do the dishwasher. Like I'll unpack the dishwasher. My husband will laugh. He'll be like, no, you don't do that. You leave it for me. But I do. <laughs> unpack the dishwasher. And, um, and, and I do something like that, or like I'll go fold laundry or whatever it might be, or just go for a walk around the block because it's when I'm in that space of actually not trying to think about it, that the answer will come through. So, and also just on a very, you know, physical point of view, we need to rest our bodies and slow down. And I, you know, just yesterday I finished work an hour earlier than I usually would. Uh, I was meeting a friend for dinner and, you know, there would be times where I might work right until I had to leave for dinner. And Mm. this time I stopped like actually an hour and a half before and I made tea and I got a biscuit, like a proper like sugar flour biscuit. (laughs) And I sat (laughs) in my reading nook. I have this chair in in our bedroom where I read and like watch Netflix and relax. And I just sat there for an hour uh, reading and watching Netflix and drinking tea and just doing nothing. And it was so lovely. And then I went for dinner with a girlfriend and it just was a very important part of my day of just doing nothing. Um, yeah. So I think, I, I don't even think, I know it is so important for us to do that. Yeah, I love that. Your um, reading spot sounds beautiful. <laughs> it's lovely. I, I often put up photos on Instagram if you want to check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so important as well to create that space, like in your home, you've created that little yeah. spot for you to go to and feel like cocooned. And yeah. I've got that little spot as well, where I have like my crystals and my incense, yeah. and my tarot cards and some great books. So I can just go and just be, yeah, and have no expectations so, yeah. and just be in that, having like that little restoring bubble. Yeah, exactly. So Cassie, it must be so hard though for entrepreneurs listening and business owners to take that time out. Do you take this, do you create this space for yourself like every day? Do you have like little bite-sized nuggets throughout the whole day or is it just like every one day in a week kind of thing? Every day. Mm. Um, There are definitely periods, like I reckon over the last two weeks, I as in, I feel like I could have done it more, but in a way that will propel me, as you said before, to actually do it more in the coming weeks. Mm. As Carol said before we hit record on this, I was like, I'm ready for my holiday, you know, the summer break, but I'm also taking lots of little breaks in the lead up to that. Yep. So I, every day, so every day I start with exercise and, and then I get a coffee and I either do work 
starting my work at a cafe with the coffee where I bring the coffee home and then start work. But that, that, you know, 40 minutes or an hour of my exercise in the morning is the first thing I do in the day. Uh, and then I will create pockets within the day. So I usually take, if I, if I have a day where I'm not seeing clients and it's purely writing or admin or creating day, um, I will take a really long lunch break. So I usually, uh, from about 11, 30, 12, I stop working and I might not work again until two or mm. 30, especially when I'm writing. So when I was writing, it's all good. I would take a, a three hour lunch break because it was the only way I could ensure that I had enough mental focus and energy to finish writing in the day. If I try to push through, I, I really don't have that same mental focus and I might finish, I might feel like I need to start work at 2 p.m. or 2.30 versus having a long break and then working again from two till five or two till six. But again, I still take breaks in the middle. So I might go make tea and then sit on the couch for a little bit and flick through a magazine or I'll watch a show that I've taped during the week or I'll watch an episode of something on Netflix or I'll read or I'll go out for lunch or I don't, I try not to do chores um, in or you know, I try not to kind of make appointments in the middle of the day. I try to do that like maybe on a Friday will be a day for appointments or on a Saturday because I don't want to be kind of coming, you know, being distracted from my work in terms of having to leave the house and have somewhere to be. But I will distract myself purposefully with really fun, lovely breaks that allow me to come back to my work and focus. And I also, I don't do any work on weekends except for writing. And that's only if something pops up that I wanted that I want to write about or, if I'm adding to a book that I'm working on or a project that I'm working on, but otherwise I don't do any work on weekends. The only thing I might sometimes do, if there's a, a block in the day where I feel like it, it's the right time. I might watch a webinar of someone that, you know, if I've signed up to something or um, I, it's more just like relaxing learning versus actually sitting down to work. Mm, I love it so you have really created that space in your lifestyle which is amazing and I guess that's um, probably so one of the reasons why you're so successful now and enjoying and being in alignment with everything that you're doing mm. and that that word enjoyment and alignment is really key because you really have to be enjoying your work and you have to have you have to have that space where you do the work but also don't do the work and rest to relax and restore especially if you believe that good ideas come to you and you're rested you have mm. to rest <laughs> yeah definitely so now we can say to our partners that we're being in alignment by taking that massage and getting our nails pampered Cassie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you also touched in the book about setting goals yeah. and how to not get so caught up when these goals aren't met and that don't fall apart if we don't achieve these goals which I thought is such an important point to make because we get told to set goals and we're going to reach these goals because we're going to manifest it right mm. but if we don't meet these goals sometimes we can feel like so deflated and a failure do you want to share a little bit more on your thoughts on this to the listeners yeah, sure so um Throughout the experience with, you know, that's within the book, I, I, I say that I became tired and fearful of goal setting because I'd put so much pressure on myself to set, sorry, to reach goals that I'd set. And one day I was talking to a girlfriend uh, who also runs her own business and she said to me, oh, I, I often set goals and don't hit them. And mm. I was like, you, what? Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a thing I can do. And so, yeah, because not so many people talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that conversation completely shifted my mind and I set a goal and uh, funnily enough that that next goal that I set, I surpassed it, but 
I was ready to also to, for it to not go the way I had thought it was going to go. So mm. it's, and so now what I do, and I say this in the book, when I set a goal now, I always say, you know, whatever the goal is, I write it down in my journal or notebook or whatever. And then I say, or oh, something better. And I allow that or something better to be, you know, the, the literal better version of the goal, or it could actually be something completely different, which we kind of said before, when things go completely not to plan, but actually works out to be the best thing ever. And so that now, when, when, I, when you trust that the or something better is as supportive for you as the initial version of your goal, it really doesn't matter if you hit your goal or not, because you're still on the right path, which is actually the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. So how can we be more in flow and more in alignment with our lives? Yeah. So I like to think of us having always having access to that flow and alignment. And rather than putting effort and energy into being in alignment, I like to say, what can you remove that is blocking you? Like you're already, your natural state is flow. What is getting in the way? And that's actually easier because then you get to think, oh, this isn't working. How can I release it? How can I let it go? Or, or, and then by doing that, what do I get to embody more of to be more in a flow and more in alignment? And if you think of it as a river of your life, the river is always there. You just might not be fully stepped in it. So it's, it's really about you maybe pivoting or course correcting so that you can step back into your flow. But the flow is always there. Mm, yeah I love how you say that and I think sometimes it's just about being conscious and stepping back and tuning in with ourselves mind body spirit everything and seeing what's working what's not and tweaking little bits and the more that you tweak it the more that you clear out what is and what isn't working the more that you will feel more in alignment and more in flow but we're always in flow so it's more like free flowing (laughs) exactly exactly yes you also touch in the book, Cassie, about our shadow self, which I thought was, I love this part because you said in the book that our shadow self is as beautiful as our light, which I've never really heard anyone say before. Mm-hmm. And you quoted, referred to, um, I think it was Leonard Cohen. You said, yeah. there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I just thought that was so beautiful yeah. because everyone has hard times and in doing that that's how we get more light and clear about our journey exactly and also we get to then again take the pressure off ourselves because uh we we so often judge ourselves if we're feeling fearful or stuck or not in alignment but you never judge yourself if you're happy and yeah. so <laughs> when you get to release that judgment you actually make life easier for yourself so even if you're having a, you know a shitty day or week or you're feeling negative you don't actually make yourself feel worse by then judging yourself for feeling negative. So it's, it's, it's simply a way to release the pressure and to then learn and take action by looking at what is, it's kind of what you said before, what is working, how can I embody that? What's not working, how can I release that? Yeah, and like you said, how about we don't judge ourselves for being happy? I think because as well in today's society with like Instagram and everyone living this perfect style life. We feel like, oh, there's pressure to be positive all the time and think happy thoughts, be happy. But we want to be real about it, right? So we're going to have these negative days. We're going to have days where we feel like shit or not having enough energy. So it's just been about real about it and tuning into, okay, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to create that space for it. And how am I going to move forward as best as I can? Yes. And and again, with the shadow side, looking at 
not so much with negative feelings, but showing that negative, um, the shadow side, more love and affection and what you've learned from that into your own journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. And I know a lot of times our own journey, we get so caught up with the worrying aspects of the future, the past, whatever it is going on in our lives. What tips would you say to people listening to become more present and to become more in their body? So I love to, it's so simple, but simply put your hands on your body somewhere, so maybe over your heart or your um, like over your tummy or the top of your head or the, you know on your temples and simply breathe and just imagine sending light to that area of your body it's almost like you're giving yourself a little dose of reiki and mm. it's such a beautiful way to come back into your body and when you're in your body you're not in your head and it's the it's the worry and overthinking and that is in the head and when you're in your body you're 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 embodying whatever it is that you're wanting to work towards and create, you actually are then making space to embody that more and more. So that's what I do. If I'm ever very, very in my head, I, I also love to journal and I'll write out everything that's on my mind. Um, and actually something that someone said to me at the workshop at the book tour was that she read, she was listening to a video or a recording with Esther Hicks. Mm. Um, and Esther said that she, if she ever feels like she's got a lot to do and she doesn't feel like she has time to do it, she writes a list, but she splits it into two columns. And on one side, she writes all the things she's going to take action on to do. And on the other side, she writes down all the things the universe will take action on and do. <laughs> and then she trusts that whatever she's written in the universe's column, the universe is taking care of it and she's taking care of her side. And I love that. So you could do that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Cassie, do you have any journaling tips for the listeners that you do? No, I just open my journal and I write. <laughs> <laughs> Free flow. That's good. Free flow. Like, yeah, because lately I've been really drawn to journaling. I think I must want to have a lot to come out. <laughs> yeah. And also I don't, I don't do it every day. I don't do it at the same time every day. I don't do it in the same place of the house. I don't have a ritual around it. Mm, I do it when I works for you. Yeah. And I think also take the pressure of yourself. Like there are so many ways to journal, but at the end of the day, you're writing out what's in your head. Like, just make it that simple. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, it's just finding what fits you and what suits you and how it fits yeah. into your lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Also, Cassie, I wanted to just mention <laughs> in the book, because I just love this so much as well, yeah. um, you referred to yourself at one stage like Harry Potter with the invisible yeah. book on <laughs> and not being seen in this world. And I was like, oh my God, someone else felt like me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think it's so important for people to be seen and heard now and be a light in this world? Because like yourself, you're stepping up for others. And for me, that's something that I want to do. So for people yeah. who are listening, what advice would you say to say it's safe for them to be seen and heard in this world now? So I think uh, that's a good question. So yeah, I did feel like I had Harry Potter's invisibility cloak on while I was kind of even before I was really integrating the lessons, it was probably right after this experience of what, when I thought I'd failed. But then I feel like once you've integrated that, once you've risen up, once you're ready to see the, the lessons that you learn and how you can then help, help other people and then also then supporting yourself, then it's really something that is so empowering to be able to support other people through what you've deepened within yourself and through what you've learned. And so for me, I found such a relief in the sense of me feeling like I was ready to be visible and seen again, because I really, 
I know some people feel uncomfortable being seen. I was feeling so uncomfortable being invisible because I, I knew that I had more to do and share and create. And so for me, when, when I could feel myself taking off that invisibility cloak, I felt more like myself. And I think it also then comes down to self-worth. I felt more worthy after I'd cleared all that stuff around the failure and integrating all the lessons. I felt more worthy and then more worthy to be seen. Mm, yeah, definitely resonate with that because when I had my invisible cloak on, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like this um, urge within myself that I had something more to give than that I was just hiding my true colors. I kind of felt like the way I would describe it was, because um, I felt this in my old job, was like having a beautiful flower in the corner of the room and no one could see the flower and it just yeah. wasn't um, being like appreciated in life. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfectly. And um, yeah, I love how you say like have the cloak on because I think a lot of times when people do have that an invisible cloak on or don't really want to be seen and heard that is fine for a certain part because sometimes we need to retreat we need to take a step yes, back exactly. we need to be in our little bubble but then there comes a point when it's like okay now it's safe to leave and I want to go out of my comfort zone I want to expand yeah exactly and again that's that um kind of what we said before of that contraction and then an expansion so the contraction was the being invisible and the expansion is being visible mm, yeah definitely so is there anything else you'd like to share today, Cassie, to the listeners about your book or trusting and surrendering on your own journey? I think I would just say, so I've got a quote um, that I printed. I mean, I wrote it in the book and then I printed it on a postcard. And I say, will you be ready to let go of your old limits, expand, integrate and up level? Of course you will. Of course you can. That's why you're here. And so it's just this message of whatever you're going through, you can you know, release those old limits, you can expand, you can, and that's part of why you're here. So to just keep trusting yourself on that journey and keep taking one step in front of the other. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much, Cassie. It's been awesome chatting to you today. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I loved chatting with you as well. Mm -hmm.